Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Yeah. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Broken but Glorious Wrestling Podcast. Uh, no Chris Lappin, so I am your stepping host there for this week, Nick Davy, and I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host. Um, the Playboy Prince of Podcasting, uh, Lance, Lance Rivera. Hello. How are you doing this evening, mate? I'm not too bad. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's becoming quite a bit of a theme, uh, this now. Uh, I think last month and now this month. So I think it's more like we're having like a one month, just us two. I know. It's, it's like we're going on dates every month. Exactly, yeah. We're well, we, know each other. We can't do it in person, can we? So, uh, no, it's done on the podcast. Exactly. Hates us all. Exactly. Yeah. So we've got. We've got. At least we can do it. In, at least we can do a face to face. Next, maybe next time we bring like a bottle of red. Oh. Yeah. We'd have to buy ourselves our own bottles of red. I've got. I've got a can somewhere in the house. <laughs> I can sit and drink that. I have in the garage, but I'm not going outside in the torrential rain to retrieve said can. So <laughs> uh, we just got to make do with my glass of water next to me and just the general wrestling chat. All <laughs> oh, right, I've gone. I've gone extreme. I've got a can of Pepsi next to me. I thought I heard you open a can. Yeah, I'm, I'm brave. I thought, mm. oh, I'll just, I'll go for it. Go hard or go home, as they say. Exactly. What, uh, the big question is though: is it normal Pepsi or is it Pepsi Max or Diet Pepsi? It's Pepsi Max. Because oh, no. I'm a big diabetic boy. Yeah, oh, that is true. I'll let you off for that one. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, my, my father used to have to drink uh, diets, not full fat. But me personally, I just can't stand any like Coke or Pepsi. I just can't stand anything that's diet. The only ones I can get away with is diet lemonade. I can tell the difference. But Coke or Pepsi, I know straight away when it's not full fat, and I hate it. Oh, I know what you mean. I I hate it the other way though. I can't I can't drink normal Coke. Yeah, no, my mates will literally, I'm, there's only a rare, I'm, my mates are literally similar, they much prefer the Coke Zero sort of stuff, but there's just me being the unhealthy, uh, the unhealthy person, but sugar just, addict. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, I don't really drink fizzy drinks that much, not as much as I used to, when I was like at school, I used to drink them, so I just, yeah, love, I just love fizzy drinks, but yeah, I've got better, almost like I've got older and realised they are quite unhealthy. Yeah, no, they are, but I've... I'm 21, so I can kind of risk it at the moment. Exactly. That's, uh, well, there's nothing else really to enjoy uh, too much in life at the moment. So enjoy your fizzy drinks. and Exactly. Absolutely. Um, the podcast isn't about fizzy drinks, though. Uh, it is indeed about we're going to do another classic pay-per-view review. Uh, well, I think we touted it actually last time when we reviewed Money in the Bank, one of our favourite podcast, one of our favourite pay-per-views. Sadly, it's not Fatal 4-Way this time. Uh, it will come up. Fatal 4-Way 2010 will come up. But maybe we should do like a petition of getting them to bring back Fatal Four Way. Uh, <laughs> Monday it'll get like the same signatures it's managed to get for like letting fans back into stadiums, not shutting pubs, not shutting gyms. We might have the same effect of over a hundred thousand names, so you never know. Everyone will sure Fatal Four Way. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's uh, not like it's just a normal match or anything. Exactly, that's it. Yeah, exactly. It's a big, it's a big deal. <laughs> um, but it is indeed SummerSlam 2013. We did. We both mentioned on the show last time and off air, and many times how much we love this pay per view as well. I think we mentioned it. We did the SummerSlam Dream Card as well. It was one of our favourite SummerSlams. So yeah, by popular, well, we would say the popular demand in our ranks that we decided to give the review. Um, I won't get you to go into too much, but what, you, what were your overview, overview, uh, overall views of the show? I thought it was a great show. I, I, I remember just sitting there watching it live because I had to rewatch it for the, the podcast and I thought to myself, I can nearly remember the entire show without <laughs> watching it. Well, um, I'm trying to remember about 19, but yeah, I remember 2013 was a bit of a funny year. I think uh, in the build-up to SummerSlam, it was okay at best, the build-up, but I think this pay-per-view kind of just transformed the whole kind of the whole year and really made it into a well into a sort of spectacular um and end to the year and usually it's like it can sometimes be the other kind of way around with 
lot of yeah. WWE. Sometimes they get the hype going, and after SummerSlam, it kills a bit of momentum or vice versa. But I thought, yeah, 2013 was one. It, it was always always at a very good speed. Like I don't, they didn't really slow down after WrestleMania. I think they kept it quite. They kept quite a nice pace going right up until um, kind of SummerSlam. So the speed was fine. But then I think this just took 2013 to a, a whole new level, which was which was fantastic. Which we will get into as well about trying to spoil the show to maybe those who haven't watched SummerSlam 2013. So I remember this year being great. I yeah, remember it was this summer. Yeah. It, it was Man a very United good summer. Won the league. Yeah, United <laughs> won the league. Crikey. David Moyes hadn't, hadn't managed United yet, so I thought oh I was going to win the league again. It is weird, isn't it? When you put like wrestling like years into football years, it yeah. does make because this doesn't sound too long ago when you think, oh, okay, twenty thirteen in wrestling terms, like when some of the matches that are on the card, like, oh, okay, it wasn't that long ago. But then when you start talking about that, then it feels absolutely like mental, like, like how long ago. This um, is this is what I was thinking because I, I what just thought it would still been Brighton, man. Yeah, it's mental, yeah. like yeah. When when it, when you go into this, I think yeah, when you compare like well, even anything in life, but when you compare like different like sports and stuff, you, it does feel. A lot. Of, some of them just feel a lot longer than than others. So, well, yeah. I I went back and was watching a promo between Triple H and CM Punk. You know, from the summer of twenty eleven, summer yeah. of Punk, yeah, where he was like, "This is Phil Brooks talking to Paul Levesque." Yeah, I looked at the post on that from WWE. It's nine years old. I oh, know it's men. It's scary how time flies, literally. But no, it was. Um, it it was yeah. I just when you when you really do think it does not feel that long ago, but there we are. So God knows how young you were. I would have been about. I think I was nineteen. Um, yeah, there you are. So we don't offend any of our listeners who are a lot more mature than us, uh, including Chris. If you're listening, Chris. Um, so yeah. Hi, Chris. <laughs> uh-huh. This is Randa Zulu, and you are listening to Broken but Glorious. <laughs> One thing we will start with is the pre-show, to be fair. The pre-show was actually a very good match. Um, uh, it was um, So the, the pre-show usually, obviously, again, I think we had this on 2011 last time we were talking about the pre-show. I think 2013 was definitely the year where they were doing it on YouTube, 100%. I even, yeah. even referenced it before we came on just so we didn't have the whole debacle last time of having to Google what, what the, the pre-show. But it, 100%, it was a half an hour edition on YouTube, and we got a very good match. We got Rob Van Dam taking on Dean Ambrose for the United States Championship uh, there obviously you know Ambrose's corner he had Reigns and Seth in his corner and um, in RVD's corner he had Big Show Mark Henry helping him out so not bad backup to be fair RVD's um, corner is weird isn't it <laughs> what? yeah I mean, you would, you'd feel quite protected wouldn't you with those two in your corner I um, would yeah <laughs> well imagine looking at it now and going oh yeah Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns were all on the SummerSlam pre-show I know, yeah, it's weird when you think, well, I think, and to be fair as well, they debuted back in sort of um, Survivor Street, so nearly a whole year in WWE, so I think we will get into it a little bit um, later on, what, what, but, but I think at this time, the Shield were, it was at the time where they were going for a bit of a sticky patch, I suppose is the way to say, where it was like, where they, obviously, where well, the booking was fantastic, right up until Mania, where they were winning lots of six-man tag matches in, in fantastic circumstances, then I think they then they did the correct thing after. I think it was Extreme Rules after or whatever paper was after many, where they all won gold, where Ambrose won the United States, Seth and Roman won the tag titles. Then after that, I think it just came a bit. Mm, wh- where can we kind of take the Shield Group Two? It need it needs to have like a bit of a something new rather than just winning six man tag matches every week, rather than just beating people up for the sake of yeah. beating people up, rather than interrupting like a legend. So um, obviously we'll get into that a bit later on. But I think it was them on the pre-show at the time was probably the correct decision. But overall, it was a good match. RVD, Ambrose, RVD was still in great shape at this point. I think when he returned, he returned, obviously not so long ago, but he returned the money in the bank that year uh, to a very good pop, I must add. But Yeah, he was the mystery con- um, um, competitor. competitor yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. And it was, um, but no, I thought it was um, a good match. Ambrose, RVD did win the match, but by disqualification. Um but um, I think overall, it was obviously a classic kind of what you expect from both men. Obviously, the outside of the ring shenanigans played a factor. Well, in the end, it did play a factor. What were your thoughts to the, the pre-show? If you've seen the pre-show, obviously, I know when you go back and watch them on network, they don't usually, they don't usually include the pre-show. That's from what any I was memories, to say. I was going to say, any memories at all from seven years ago? Do you know what? I didn't watch it at the time either. <laughs> <laughs> I completely, I've completely, this is one match I've never seen. Well... 
There you are, ladies and gentlemen. So if you've got anything to do, go back and watch the SummerSlam 2013 pre-show. They even do them on the network, the pre-shows, to be fair. I'm sure if you if you went on like a massive like hunt through YouTube, WWE's YouTube channel, you might be able to come across it. Uh, or even if you just type in SummerSlam 2013 pre-show to YouTube, I'm sure it'll come up. But yeah. um, I'd recommend going back and watch it. It was a good match. And who knows, you probably will never see RVD, Dean Am- uh, well, Moxley, uh, take on each other ever again unless RVD ends up in AEW there's always that chance that could happen but there's yeah. definitely a chance of that happening ah, well, well there you go could happen. there you go well potentially this could be this could be maybe the thing they go back to this could spark the feud into AEW well so. he turns up in AEW and goes you beat me in <laughs> the SummerSlam pre-show match in 2013 there we just, have it they're just looking at each other like yeah <laughs> <laughs> well the opening to the actual show itself was a Ring of Fire match, not an Inferno match, not a, um, yeah, uh, any other circumstance. It was a Ring of Fire, and I think the fire, you could probably, it was, I think you, I'm trying to think how to describe the sort of the fire. I think you, if you, um, you could blow it out with a fire. I think if you're absolutely battered walking home, you'd still find a way to easily control yourself to operate and walk over the fire. Uh, I think regardless of how drunk you are, you can probably find a way to not get burnt. Yeah. Um, so I would like to say both men were in were in very reasonable chances of not getting set alight. Um, but what I made me laugh, though, was uh, the, the opening where uh, Jerry Lawler goes, and we've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, hold on, didn't you commentate the first Inferno match? <laughs> A lot of time for Michael Cole and everyone on the thing going, just like, oh my god, these the flames are too hot. I can't, I can barely concentrate working. Uh, how 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 hot the flames were getting. God, so they did their best. They, uh, imagine if they got a birthday cake. <laughs> they did their Mesmerized. best. <laughs> they did do their best to sell it. Though, I will give them that. But um, be a background to the match. Obviously, it was the White family that debuted only about a month before when they attacked Kane, which was. Uh, another fantastic debut from obviously from Bray. We've kind of seen the second coming of Bray last year at SummerSlam, but the first coming of Bray, obviously people who didn't watch NXT at the time, which was myself, uh, it was a, obviously a really refreshing character to see. Generally spooky when he made that debut on Raw, um, when you could actually hear like kids screaming in the crowd like they're actually terrified, like of him coming down uh, with, the, with the rocking chair um, and everything, and then obviously attacking Kane. So. Um, I thought it made it was obviously a very effective build up in a short space of time. A great way to debut a character. Kane's always obviously a great wrestler to use to get a new monster over. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, in some, everything in that sense that it worked, giving Bray the win. The match itself, I suppose, was quite a good open to the, to the crowd, despite obviously, I think we had to realize it was never going to be someone actually physically getting set on fire with people having to fire extinction them out, sort of thing. We've, we've come a long way since those days. Um, I think but, you miss the days when you could set someone on fire, though. I do. To be fair, I think the last time there was actually, I think a year later, there was Brian versus Kane at uh, Extreme Rules, and Kane went for a table of fire, and then straight away, yeah. like, I think there's people already about to like fire extinguish him even before he went through the table. Um, yeah, they were but, all stood around the table waiting, and you're just like, oh, someone's going through someone's that table. Someone's going then. through, definitely, yeah. I did like um, in this match as well the actual firemen on the outside of the ring, like, and. Cole Michael helped keep on addressing the crowd that oh yeah this is uh the, I don't know where the event was at but whatever state it was the fire brigades here and just uh, kept putting the camera on them it's the Staples Center in uh, Los Angeles that's that right it? yeah yeah because they kept... made a big deal going we've been here for five yeah, years five years that's right yeah well LA LA fire brigade were there and they were not needed luckily um but yeah do you think I... they were real firemen or do you think they were like indie workers who got off and said yeah Old fire extinguisher for 10 minutes. Uh, I would say definitely the latter. <laughs> I reckon so too, because I feel like I feel like they couldn't justify it. I do hope that some of them has had a fire a fire safety course of some description that they're not always going to run in and start flying fire extinguish each other. But I'd like to think they were, in case something did go wrong, I'd like to think that they were at least a little bit prepared. So When you said fire extinguisher each other, I just imagined them before the show running around with the extinguishers <laughs> chasing each other. Fair play, sounds quite fun. It does, doesn't it? But I don't know what's in a fire extinguisher properly enough to know if I could spray someone with it. No, I know once when I was in detention at school, we once started spraying them. Are you, um, are you messing? The, <laughs> the actual water, the one that came out of water, not the actual powder one, but the water oh. one. 
So yeah, not not that funny. And to be fair, not funny at all. Had there been ever a disaster, then it wouldn't be funny whatsoever. And yeah, so if any children are listening who are still at school, please don't do that under any circumstance. It's not cool, not clever. We do not so, endorse shooting no. fire extinguishers at each other. No, this is where we also kicked off podcast channels for promoting that. So yeah, definitely don't <laughs> do that under any circumstance. But what were your unless there's a the, fire? Exactly. What were your thoughts to the opening match though? I, I thought it was. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was all right. I thought it was uh, quite slow at points, though. I thought it was quite a slow match at times. But I feel like it was just a get to know you kind of match for Bray Wyatt for people to see what he was about. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't, Instead I, of just throwing everything at the wall at once. Yeah, definitely. Well, like I said, I think beating Kane's always a great way to kind of get someone over, especially as a monster straight away, and. Um, yeah, it, it, I think it straight away cemented him as a uh, uh, as a big monster. Well, the whole the whole family, to be fair, Rowan and Harper as well, and um, I think with the Wyatt family, I love them, and they were at the time obviously they were so effective. I think with them, I, I do fear, I do feel with them they could have been booked better. I think that's no that's no secret. They could have easily been booked better, um, but I had such high hopes from this summer stand of the Wyatt family going forward. I was so excited. And again, I don't I say I don't want to look back on it and go, oh, it was a big disaster because it definitely wasn't. There's been a lot worse problems. I think they did the best they probably could have done with them. Um, I just feel like, yeah, maybe they could have been booked better as individuals when the time did split. I think with all three of them. Yeah, they, they, they definitely could have because I was watching it and I forgot how much I enjoyed their um, their entrance together. Yeah, definitely. Bray's original music. I forgot how like cool and eerie it was. <laughs> I just like the whole when it just went backstage with him lighting the thing and blowing it out. We're here, and then you see the mask in yeah. the background and Harper. And that's the first, my first ever rest WWE show I actually went to was um 2014 at the Brighton Centre, and um I bought a, I bought a Eric Ryan mask, and it's still in my bedroom. Um, so yeah, they'll always hold a special a piece in my heart. They're the Wyatt family. I feel like everyone feels like that because especially it's a big what could have been kind of thing as well. Hundred um, percent. Speaking of a very good point, that moves on very, very nicely. Actually, or things that could have been up next was, in my opinion, one of the best feuds going into the actual show. In fact, it, it probably was the best feud going into the show. Um, Cody Rhodes against Damian Sando was up next. Um, obviously, a bit of background: what happened? Uh, they were a tag team. Obviously, Team Rhodes Scholars. They were at the uh, Money in the Bank, uh, previous Money in the Bank, uh, where both men were going up for a ladder. Then Sando pushed Rhodes off, and Sando did uh, did win Money in the Bank. Um, and then, since then, uh, obviously Cody was was there. Obviously, yeah, then split as a tag team and got into this feud. And we saw loads of funny stuff with like Cody throwing Sando's briefcase into the river, I believe. Uh, all sorts of all sorts of kind of childish pranks that people do all the time with the briefcase, which and I don't think it's very nice. But uh, there we go. But I just really <laughs> loved the feud going into this. Um, it was getting it was slowly getting Cody over as a face. Um, I think Sando was was has always been gold where, since he arrived in 2012. But I think this was one of the best feuds going into into the card, and um, it was a very good matchup. To be fair, really enjoyable match. Uh, they got about six and a half minutes, so enough time for this stage of the card. But I think um, the crowd was still pretty well. You know, if you part of the pun, the crowd was still pretty hot from the first match. Um, so. I, uh, so he, <laughs> I was hoping for a bit more of a laughter. So, but, um, I just, I just sighed and was just like, oh my god! <laughs> but oh, it was they, um, they were up. <laughs> but yeah, Cody with the win, which I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Correct winner, in my opinion. Obviously, Sandow had the laugh at Money Bank, so Cody got his kind of win back. Uh, what are your, your, your well thoughts on the feud and and the match itself? I, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was just a, a very, very solid match. I also got that excited when I heard Cody's music again. Well, uh, it was Smoky Mirrors ones. Yeah, I was sat there thinking, is it going to be Smoky Mirrors? Is it something else? I can't remember. And then it was, whoa! And I was like, yes, yes! And got that excited about that. I also he's thought... Always... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, he's always had great theme tunes. I mean, the one in the, the, his one at the moment, I just God, it's my favourite. But I think everyone he's had has always been pretty um, uh, pr- pretty good, his theme tunes, to be fair, Cody. Yeah, they have, they have been... Like you could, you can always whack it on in the gym. Definitely. But also on that, on Damien Sandow, I, I still don't understand what happened there. 
at all. It was, it's gutting, isn't it? I mean, we all, Sandow was always so loved in WWE. Like, but he, he was just, he was just classed. Like, he, like he, everywhere he got, he got such a pop. Everything he did, he made, he made into gold. I think his best one, his best work was as Miz's um, uh, um, stunt double, as Damien Mizdow. That was his, at his absolute peak. But even before that, when he did his impressions, well, that obviously led to him becoming Miz. He was, he was hilarious. Um, I think when he was actually like when he first debuted as the uh, uh, the, the there was it the savior of the unwashed masses that I thought that was hilarious that was fantastic as a heel and then moving obviously into tag team with Cody they were brilliant together him and his this this been a knob as a knob as a heel this one everything he did was just gold and I think yeah he is one of the I think I think if you looked at like some of the wrestlers that have never hit the heights they should have done. I think there's obviously a load in recent years, Rusev, there's a few of them, but he he would be near a lot of people's lists, in my opinion. Definitely, 100%. I just, uh, I think he was, uh, he's just a brilliant heel overall. And he, he should have just been, it, they should have definitely used him better than what they did, because I feel like they just dropped the ball with him. 100%. Um, there's loads of missed opportunities. I think the, well, the prime example would have been, obviously, it's the, um, at the Raw, um, uh, was he with the Raw when he when he cashed in on John Cena and um, lost? I think that was that was the one where it was kind of you felt like they were just completely not going to win and take the the chance on him. We then saw when he went Miz that okay, well he, he's he's getting so over now as Miz's sidekick. Surely they've got to take another chance on him. They then obviously had the split at WrestleMania, but it led to him losing to Big Show, which no one wanted to see, and then it just all went completely to pop from there and in the end we sadly saw him in part ways with WWE but and and even and it hasn't really got going on on the um of the indies which is such a shame um that he's never been able to be, be able to find obviously I don't know whether he's, he's just not been able to find it again has he which is such a shame but I think yeah there's, there's chances where WWE just need to strike while the iron is hot and they they fail to do that on several occasions with Sandow yeah for sure like the with the briefcase as well, I, I still just don't understand why they just didn't give him the World Heavyweight title, even if it was just for a month or even a, even a week, a night, something, just <laughs> to see how it would have gone, yeah. Definitely. But um, overall, a really good little match there in what they had to work with Cody and, and Damian Sando. So, paper off to a very good start. Up next was my favourite video package of the night. Um, it was Alberto Del Rio against Christian for the World Heavyweight title. And basically, I know it's done it a bit with Christian, but it was basically implying that this could be Christian's last chance to to win the gold, win the big one. Uh, he's back in another main event for a title picture. Should he really deserve to be there? All that kind of jazz. Um, but it got me pumped for this. I remember watching it. It got me really pumped, given that this really didn't have any build to kind of work with. It was kind of at the time when when Raw and SmackDown weren't obviously having a brand split, when they still had main titles. They kind of just used the World Heavyweight title on SmackDown and it was kind of everything was kind of filler like it was like okay this guy's got nothing to do just chuck the belt on him for a bit oh okay well people aren't doing anything to do they can just become the number one contenders so it was very put together in that a very half-assed way but the video packages we praised a lot it saved this match and it was probably my favorite video promo going into the actual uh, uh into any of the matches and and the match itself really delivered between these two. Um, I know they've obviously had a feud before back in 2011 when Christian, Christian famously won the title, but really good match. Del Rio won with his, obviously, his famous submission move. Um, and um, But overall, the unexpected like match of the night, I'd say, which was, which was fantastic, but also the video promo for it. Uh, what are your thoughts? It made me really miss Christian. That was my first thought, was that I really miss Christian and I wish he'd come back and wrestle. Well, we kind of saw him, I suppose, a little bit at the uh, uh, at um, at the Clash of the Champions with him all bit backstage just trying to attack Randy, but even that got me pumped as well. Yeah, no, imagine if he came back with Edge and they had one more tight title run. That's something that we've never had, even when uh, Christian came back to WWE. Yeah, definitely. Um, no, absolutely. And... Um, Obviously, Alberto um, at the champion at the time, um, the world title. title uh, he, obviously, he won it back at Mania, uh, and then turned heel. Well, we did the double, the famous double turn with Dolph. 
So he's just, just standing here. But I mean, so I think getting into the match, it wasn't really much of a build to get excited about. Yeah. But it, it was just a really good back and forth match. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Really good match. And yeah, as I say, sadly, Del Rio did win with his arm breaker. But these, this thing with Del Rio, I uh, don't want to go too much in him with obviously recent, uh, obviously recent stories. But um, the, when he was up, he's a bit like kind of Randy Orton now. When he was in, in, invested in a match, when he was invested in a feud, it would be fantastic. When he wasn't, you would know about it, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I see. What, I see what you mean. I I was never that uh, big on watching him, to be honest. When I was younger, or he, he never, he, I never really got into him. But yeah. I thought that match was that was match was very good. I thought he had good matches with Dolph as well. That was uh, something. I think that's Dolph. Though. Dolph could Dolph, at the time twenty thirteen Dolph twenty twelve Dolph could have worked with anyone and made them look like an amazing wrestler if we're honest yeah that is that is very true <laughs> but um but yeah no really um so the show on fire so far three matches three three massive ticks uh all going well up next we did have then a women's match it was uh naomi uh sorry beg your pardon natalia uh beating brie bella natalia in her corner had cameron and naomi um brie bella in her corner she had nikki bella and eva marie uh, in her corner, um, Natalia won uh, within five minutes. Um, again, it wasn't. The, it was again. This was very kind of put together. I think it was more of a total divas promotion, if I'm honest. At the time, it was a uh, obviously that was very high at the moment. Total divas. So it was literally a feud that was from Total Divas, I believe. Um, but I've never watched an episode of it, so I can't tell you what the feud was about. But it was six divas that at the time were on to- were on the show. Uh, it was put together. There was no bill going into it. Uh, the match was pretty average. Um, I didn't think it was. Uh, can... I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, okay, yeah, go on. Save, save. Yeah, give us, give the positive. Give some positive on this match. Go on. I thought, I thought it was just a just a solid, easygoing match that was just one of them in between moments. But I also thought the crowd were absolute arseholes for no reason whatsoever. They hadn't even started wrestling yet. And they were already chanting for Jerry and Michael Cole and just not looking at the match. And I was like, what? why? I feel a bit sorry for both the women, the female wrestlers in this occasion. I think the fact that the show got off to such a great start, as we've mentioned, with three outstanding matches to start the show off. So then come on, any match would have been difficult to then follow yeah. these three matches. The fact that it was obviously going to be, the fact that it had no build, no nothing for anyone remotely to get excited about. It was always going to encourage toilet breaks and what have you, and people who, who obviously, obviously people who are a bit tipsy, or what have you, or, or even just people who are in an excited mood. It was always going to potentially encourage chance uh, of that kind. But yeah, it, it was just. I think with some of this, you can, you have to just feel sorry. Uh, obviously, not condoning any stupid chance that happened. Uh, people trying to get themselves over, but. I think yeah, it was always going to be difficult for for both both wrestlers to try and to try and put on a clinic in in this time they got, which was five minutes, and uh, with no build. Following matches, it was always going to be uh, a very huge task <laughs> to 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 make it a match of the year contender. Put it that way. Yeah, it was always going to be an uphill <laughs> task for them because obviously the the match the matches beforehand were just so great. But I just felt there was no need to be like just not paying attention to what they were doing straight out like if it, if it was something if you were watching it and it had just gone really bad and it was awful you could you could sit there and go i can see why they've done it they hadn't even started they were stood across the ring from each other and they were already going my cool cole and i'm like <laughs> i get that people are paid to be there but at the same time these people are there to entertain so be exactly. nice. yeah they definitely um but yeah that was i think that was the the warm-up then for what was, in my opinion, the match of the night up next. No disqualification match between Brock Lesnar in his corner, Paul Heyman up against the best in the world, CM Punk. Um, I absolutely love this. One of my favourite SummerSlam matches of all time, if not my favourite SummerSlam match of all time. Um, a quick build, a quick reminder of the build-up to it. Obviously, um, Punk had, well, Punk obviously had, had that amazing year, lost to Undertaker at WrestleMania, then next night, well, I think it was the next night after Raw, he um, basically said farewell, left. We hadn't seen him for ages, made a return a few months later, turning face in the process of uh, beating Chris Jericho, who was a face, but respectfully turned face. Um, 
And then Heyman, and then it was attacked by Brock Lesnar. Heyman gave him his word that he had nothing to do with the attack. Punk believed him. Um, then at, at Money in the Bank, Punk was closing in on winning the briefcase until Heyman smashed a ladder into him. And yeah, it, it aligned obviously with the beast Brock Lesnar. Um, and then obviously his reasons were that you have absolutely no hope in hell of beating my client Brock Lesnar. Um, so um, obviously then this match happened, no disqualifications, and it was absolutely amazing. Back and forth, Punk was brilliant. One of the best Brock matches we've had since Brock returned to the company. Um, brutal at times, some fantastic spots. Loved every second. This twenty-five minutes it got, which flew by because it was just so enjoyable. What are your What are your views on this? I absolutely love this match, and I can never decide between this is my favorite match of the show or the main event. Yeah, and it's it's just an absolute brutal match that the and you can tell that Brock's absolutely loving it as well. Yeah, definitely. I think they always say like how he how he sells for you shows how much he's interested in the match. And he doesn't stop selling from minute one, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Hundred um, percent. Yeah, when Brock, I think with Brock, there's always been this thing about Brock. He works better. With, if you look already, like um, if you kind of look at already, I don't wanna. I kind of feel like I should have like a diagram behind me, like pointing at stuff like um, like they do when they're talking about stuff on football. But if you look at like some of the off the top of my head, if you look at some of Brock's matches against the smaller guys, uh, I think the obvious one is Daniel Bryan at the Survivor Series that time. Um, obviously, Bala at the Royal Rumble, which was which was great. Um, uh, John, you could count him as a smaller guy to an extent. Um, Seth Rollins as well. Seth, yeah, Seth, his match is fantastic. So there's certainly a few smaller guys that he has worked with, which have always delivered. He's never really had, but then sometimes when he wrestles the big guys, like when you look at Strowman, a Big Show, Henry, they've not been great. They've been pretty poor. I know, but then he's obviously had. Does pluck out some amazing matches like Reigns. He's always had a great match at the WrestleMania 31. Sadly, not the one I was there for at WrestleMania 34. I was there, <laughs> the record. Um, Were you? But, yeah, exactly. I but, uh, but I think Lesnar's record against the, the smaller guys is better, in my opinion. Would you call the, class The Rock as a smaller guy? Who? The Rock. Because that's at a weird time, one. At it? the time, maybe. Obviously, before not before he put on all the muscle. Not, well, before yeah, not, the, not, not before he became literally the Hulk, but um, yeah, um, I'd say at the time probably yeah you could to an extent. Yeah, because I was just I was just thinking I couldn't decide where he'd fit into there because he that was an amazing match as well. I always enjoy watching that match. Absolutely, where they both um, nip up and look at each other. I was like, Oof. <laughs> yeah, but I mean some of the stuff was just brutal at times when like you'd actually like at times like oh god I really do fit. Hope the punk doesn't get hurt because uh, yeah. obviously everyone just loves him. Um, but at the same time, like, oh, he's really taking it. To, I've got a feeling Punk is going to win this. Do I thought impossible. he was going to win it. I did as well. Well, I think it was the one where he just absolutely clobbered him uh, with the um, was it with the uh, oh, I'm trying to think where it was with the uh, I think it was when when they, when he got put through the table and Punk was literally keeping hold of the submission in place. Uh, that's when I was like, oh, he's getting him down. Lesnar's going to go down. Um, oh yes, I know which one you mean. The one where he changes it into the triangle. Trip. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Some, but it was just a fantastic clinic, and um, yeah, brutal. It just had everything really. It was. It was. It was just a very good no disqualification match for those. Because I know some people no disqualification. They can be quite hard to please people. No disqualifications. If it's if there's not enough hardcore people, go. Well, what's the point of making it a no disqualification match? Uh, if it's not, if there's not been like weapon, not like a traditional hardcore match, we'd have like. Everything and every weapon under the sun in the ring, uh, mm. people criticize. But I think this is just the right balance for a traditional kind of no holds barred match when you don't need to bring all the weapons in, but you just get brutal at times. You don't have the ref. I think the most point is you don't have the ref interfering by saying get back to your corner, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I did enjoy the spot where uh, Brock took the cover of the announce table off and yeah. jumped on it. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. Brock's just fantastic doing the random, like, random moments, isn't he? Like, where he. Yeah. In this case, it was that, and then other shows like, I feel like, for instance, Royal Rumble this year when he was on fire, when he was just dancing uh, to like the MVP's film, when he just came out, when Keith Lee came out, who's this motherfucker? When he said that, <laughs> um, uh, I used to feel like he's having fun when you can see him. Doing I love it when like he has, that. yeah. What well, he said, what he always, I think he says that because he said the only way he'll come back is if he gets a program with our truth, because uh, he said he just loved, he loves the the before the Royal Rumble when our truth interrupted him. 
Um, he said that was like, because you could tell he was actually generally cracking up then when R-Truth did interrupt him. And I've just sort of ruined this interview. He said he would love to do a programme with him because he just made yeah. him crack up. And I think, yeah, you get you know when Brock's enjoying it. I think he's done a few others when he did the um, WrestleMania when he went suplex city bitch, um, when he was just um, suplexing Reigns, which was great. Um, and yeah, a few others. I think I love the one. I think in the build, well, this is in the build up to this one as well, when he just slapped Paul Heyman and went, Paul, say something stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I think that. Yeah, this match was when um, Punk grabs hold of Heyman by the tie, and you hear Brock just going, Let go, let go. (laughs) And Paul's like, I can't. (laughs) Paul, let go. (laughs) Oh, dear. I um, I hate that. They're both just gold, and um, yeah, I, I just love both of them. Um, I'd love to have had more more between these two. Like if Brock didn't go away, and then the Hell in the Cell match was with Brock instead not of with Ryback. Ryback. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we got. So yeah, I think I feel like our pay per view reviews are like always very similar. Like well, it was fantastic. We could have got that, but instead we got this instead. <laughs> At least it's not as bad as last time. And we're like, well, we could have got the best angle of all time, but we got left with Triple H wrestling Kevin Nash for a sledgehammer on a ladder match, whatever it was called. Sledgehammer on a pole. Oh, oh no, it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, what it was, was the it? thing. It was a ladder match with the sledgehammer suspended above the ring. And if you got it, you hadn't won the match, you could then use it as a weapon. However, during the match, someone actually found it from under the ring anyway. So, <laughs> so confused. I remember <laughs> when that match got announced and you're like, it's a sledgehammer somewhere in the sky match. And I was like, <laughs> What? So if he gets it, he wins, and then what happens uh, afterwards? He beats him up with it after the bell, or uh, winner gets to take it home with them. <laughs> oh dear! Um, but yeah, I yeah, I just love talking about this match, and we could talk about it all night. I really think, but it it, it was just fantastic, and um, obviously what we saw, we did. You're right, we did see Punk eventually get his revenge on Heyman at um, Hell in a Cell, where he wrestled. You're right, right back. I think he was did Curtis Axel wrestle as well. Um, Maybe. Then, um, well, actually, I think he wrestled Curtis Axel at the other show after this, and then Ryback then aligned himself with Heyman, and then yeah, he beat Heyman and Ryback. It was no, so it was Heyman and Ryback at Hell in a Cell, but then he managed to beat the crap out of Heyman on top of the cell. Yeah, was hoping he would throw him off, but I was uh, actually Heyman's probably not <laughs> skilled enough to uh, do a dive. But, what, um, what Nick just said was, I hoped CM Punk could murder. Yeah. No, I don't know that because Hayne is the best talker in the industry. Um, but, um, but yes, <laughs> it was. Um, at least he got his revenge. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Heyman, I love you. You're my favourite wrestler of all time. Well, favourite talker in the business of all time. We don't wish you dead. Just imagine that, though, if he just threw him off the top of the cell. <laughs> it, would have been, it would have had a lot of YouTube clips, put it that way. Um, thankfully, that didn't happen, and he just yeah, beat the hell out of him yeah. with a sled, uh, with a uh, kendo stick on the top yeah. of the cell. Um, do you know what they could have done? They could have, after this um, SummerSlam match, they could have continued the chase all the way to WrestleMania. And I don't know if it would have made CM Punk happier and made him stay, but you could have had Brock versus. Punk 2 at Wrestlemania it is weird because this was um, yeah six months after this Punk was gone yeah wasn't it yeah this was last appearance was at the Royal Rumble yeah oh. getting choked on through with a table so by corporate cane great yeah no it was um, so you could say this was the beginning of the end alone. yeah oh, I don't I've want still to got my, sing I've still got my hopes of Punk Punk returning it's like Royal Rumble 30 if it, every year Punk 30 Punk 30 Punk 30 every year since 2014 I've been I've been just praying that it's going to be a Punk 30 it wins the Rumble but uh, every year I'm slowly like oh it's just not going to happen he's going to retire uh, he's yeah, just he done. retired he's already he has, said he's, yeah, he's retired and, and to be fair he doesn't strike me as someone who who would be one influenced by money or two influenced by pretty much anything else. The only way I could potentially see him doing it is if AEW goes to like, like a next level and they offer him, I don't think he even would be AEW. I don't think he would do AEW. I generally think he would do WWE and I think it would have to be not a money thing. I think it would have to be an actual program where he's invested in something that he actually finds. And I quote cool. I mean, that's what he said. He, it'd be interesting to do a site cool. I just think it would have to, someone would have to sell it to him like they've never sold anything before. Maybe get that bloke that was on The Apprentice last year to sell it to him, uh, Tom Skinner. Um, I feel like he'd do, he'd do something, but 
what he did say about the people he'd like to wrestle, didn't he? That yeah. one random time and everyone's like, he's coming back. And That's the thing. Like, I think it's not. I don't think it would be AEW in that sense because I, I just feel I don't think he'd want to do like a new. I just think he would do WWE if the terms are right, not in terms of a money thing. And I know we say about money, it can't be, but he's just obviously had another. I think he's got a kid. If you, if someone does offer you a lot of money for something that you do find quite cool. It would be hard to tell you knows that. We can only hope. That's the thing. We can only hope. But I, do, I, do. I just I don't see it happening, especially when he yeah. said things like, "If if UFC was more popular when I was a kid, I would never have done WWE." Yeah, I, was I like, think oh. he, he clearly has lost. When you lose interest in something, it's so hard to um, to find your love for it again. Uh, I know I say it's a lot about wrestling. Um, but I think, yeah, every year I do find a way to stay in love with it. With the, with the, this year would have been a very challenging one for me to stay in love with it with the whole behind closed doors. But WWE and AEW, to their credit, they've kept my enjoyment. I love it still. Love, love the love wrestling. Um, and yeah, I, I just yeah, I think with Punk, it would be it would take something very special to to draw him back in for a for yeah, any potential match. It's a shame, but I feel like it's just one of them. Exactly. Uh, Gives me them on. Ultimate Warrior vibes, really. Yes, yeah, it. Hopefully, an Ultimate Warrior like return, maybe at WrestleMania, which would be quite cool. Um, the penultimate match of the well, actually, I would say penultimate, but the planned penultimate match of the evening: uh, Dolph Ziggler and Caitlin uh, teamed in a mixed tag match to take on AJ Lee and Big E. Um, again, this was a mixed tag match. Obviously, the few going into it, both of them were kind of in feuds. Um, Dolph, well, Dolph was. I don't know how Dolph got into this situation, but Caitlin and AJ basically had a good feud for the um, for the well for the women's uh, for the Divas title at the time. Um, obviously, Big E was supporting AJ Lee throughout. Technically, so was Dolph until Dolph basically decided to break up with AJ. Um, uh, because I think she cost, she cocked, cocked up a match of his against Del Rio, so Dolph called it off. Um, wants to focus, obviously, on winning the title back, but sadly got shafted into this mixed tag match. The good news for Dolph, he did, him and Caitlin did win, but again, it was a very uh, match. It was a very bland match, if I'm honest. Nothing really too special. Again, to full four competitors, extremely hard to follow the absolute amazing match they just had. It was always going to take psych extremely yeah. special to keep people's entertainment. But even at home, I was sort of trying to take a breather of what I've just watched to try and get back into it. And like, okay, um, well, we still got the, the main event, which is going to be outstanding. So um, I think it, in fairness, I think the whole position of the card was, fan was they got every single match positioned correctly on the card, in my opinion, um, which is quite rare. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it did the job. Dolph had to win, and he, which he did. Caitlin win. Obviously, got Caitlin a bit of revenge for obviously losing the title to AJ. Um, and then poor Biggie just lost. And then I think he did turn face. To be fair, a few a few weeks later, um, he turned face. Um, so then he went on to obviously a bit of a singles run, and the rest is history of him. But yeah, um, mixed tag match was okay. Any thoughts on this match? I don't know. It was just a very solid match. It, I I enjoyed it. The crowd seemed to be into it. Uh, I feel like it just got the right... It was just in the right place on the card, really. And it just let you cool down from the match before without you... It being like... Do you know when you have a match where it's really good and then the next match is like, OK, I guess we have to watch this now. Where you've had that in the, in the past where it's just like a random, random match and you just don't know why it's there. It, it's, it was still very entertaining. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, but, um, yeah, that geared us on nicely to the main event of the evening. Um, it was um, it was Daniel Bryan against John Cena for the um, WWE title with Triple H as the special guest referee. Um, obviously, a bit build up. Uh, John Cena was allowed to select his own opponent for the um for his main event match at SummerSlam as chosen by War Jim at the time, Brad Maddox, there's a name from the past. Um, so Cena, being the, obviously the, ma the major babyface he is, wants to give someone an opportunity, someone the crowd absolutely loved, someone who deserved it. So he naturally chose Daniel Bryan, which was a great little moment on Raw. In the build-up, we saw Vince McMahon obviously wanted to, uh, didn't want Bryan with his long hair, beard, did not want him under any circumstance to be a champion. So, um, 
Triple H, uh, obviously, and Stephanie were, were firmly on Daniel's side. They Triple H then, um, obviously, Vince Man was trying to make Braddock's the ref, referee to try and do everything to stop Brian from winning the belt. Um, so Triple H made himself special guest referee. Triple H was obviously a big face at the time. I mean, Vince Man was slowly having this power struggle um, with who's going to take, well, obviously, with Triple H and Vince Man just arguing about pretty much everything. But Triple H was the referee. So it would be called completely down the middle. Best man wins. It was obviously an amazing match back and forth, as you'd expect from these two. Um, again, Cena, because I think it was Cena every year he was doing this as well. I think this was slowly the start of Cena getting his respect that he deserves. I think the fact that every year he seemed to wrestle a new sort of comer on the block and put them over, adapt into their style as well. I think Cena was the best. I think it was one thing Cena does deserve so much credit on was the way he did adapt to wrestle. We saw him adapt to wrestle AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, a load of them. Um, and I think Brian was kind of set that sort of set, set sort of set the uh, ball rolling, I suppose you could say. Um, but yeah, the ending happened as well on a um, on an amazing finish with the knee to the head, um, the running knee. It was. Obviously, a running knee was obviously a special finish. Um, Brian won, but overall thoughts on the match before we get into the afters. I thought I thought it was an amazing match. Um, I thought the build up to this match as well was great. Where um, Daniel Bryan was saying, "You're everything that I yeah. despise." It was it was very CM Punk, but it, I thought it was done in a in a better not in a better way in a different way to how Punk did it at Money in the Bank uh, two years before. It was the way he was saying, you're a parody of everything that I've tried to be against. And that's why he had the uh, the beard, his hair, T-shirt and everything. And it was just a big, you're not what I want to be. I'm Daniel Bryan. It was more like Bryan. If he could say I'm Bryan Danielson, I feel like he would have. If he was like, I am XROH champion. I, the, I was at one point the purest wrestler in the world. You're just some multicolored corporate machine kind of thing. I feel like that's how it was going, and I thought, I thought as well for someone who got handpicked by John Cena, who's like, oh yeah, you can have the title. She was very like, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I was yeah. like, your, your mate's just giving you a, a nice little title match here, and you're just like absolutely ragging him. Exactly, but it was um, it was at the time where Brian was just getting. I think I, I think Brian was hitting his. His peak, obviously, the peak that happened a few months later at WrestleMania, but with yeah. I think with the crowd, he was just the people's, almost the people's champion, I suppose you could say. The people he really was so over. Um, it obviously, all started from that, from that obviously WrestleMania twenty eight, where the S chance were born. It just continued yeah. on. Um, him and Kane obviously were, were out, were so so good together. We then saw obviously with some of his with their kind of feud with the Shield, how. Obviously, how good they, how how great he was in those six man tag matches where he was almost single handedly beating the Shield. So, um, but yeah, the match itself delivered. The aftermath then happened. So Brian won. Celebrations galore. The obviously the the, 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 the obviously the the balloons and everything falling from the sky. Everyone delighted. Triple H obviously shaking his hand. Won the match. Cena obviously clapping. Walked to the back. Um, then bang. Triple H out of nowhere, pedigree. And then who comes out? Triple H's old former Evolution teammate, Randy Orton, briefcase. And, no, no, sorry, I beg your pardon. Randy Orton came out straight away, interrupting the celebrations with the briefcase. Yeah. Quick reminder, I think he was a quick wink at Brian, just saying, look, I'm here. I'm not going to cash in now, but I will let you know I'm here. Later, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to be on your toes, slightly walking to the back. And then, yeah, the pedigree happened. Randy Orton came back to the ring. And, yeah cashed in on the um on poor brian to become ww shirts now to say that to become wwe champion at the time though whilst i was gutted i was so pumped after this again this gave me so much optimism of what squats to come the fact they've just the, the fact that we've made we've just established a brand new babyface star in brian we've turned orton heel right and rightfully so triple h has gone heel the excitement's galore. What are we going to do? Who's is Brian going to take them down? It was the almost the authority were born. There was so much excitement going on for the next for the next well for the, for the months ahead. Really, that the fact we got this um, obviously new kind of stable Triple H and Orton. Well, the authority, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, and yeah, whilst I hated this moment, I loved this moment at the same time. 
it was just yeah it's one of those ones you love it was a proper moment you love to hate it, as well as back, back onto the match as well I just um, I love the bit with Cena where the, the crowd are chanting you can't wrestle and he's pointing at himself and he's pointing at Brian and then they go off and have this really technical bit of wrestling yeah because John Cena it, it, people often don't like to acknowledge it but he's he is one of the most technically sound wrestlers going like he, he knows exactly what he's doing and the fact that he people go oh we can't wrestle he only knows five moves it's only because he needs five moves man's selling all the merchandise and he's just going all right i don't i don't need to do anymore i'm i'm over everyone reacts when i come out it's not like he's got no reaction he's he's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world if you wanted I, I, to be i agree no i think he gets I think with with Cena as well. I, I think this was the this was the start. I think since sort of the kind of the turn. I mean, whilst yeah, two thousand and six up to about twenty ten uh, or even twenty eleven, you could argue people were was were obviously like, oh, this guy again can't wrestle one yeah. move, three move Cena, whatever it was. I think since that kind of feud with The Rock, I think it kind of changed everyone's opinion of the class that they had. I think people had a lot of respect for Cena giving The Rock the win as well. Agreeing to it, and then I think since then, yeah, he he every match he has with every up and coming star is just fantastic. He, he I think the the as I say, there's loads you can do. This Brian feeds obviously a great example. There's been Punk. many more. Punk was yeah, obviously one well one was my personal, personal favorite. AJ Styles, the Kevin RVD one in two thousand six at One Night Stand as well is a massively overlooked match. Exactly, he, and with Cena, he knows he doesn't. He does. He just knows how to work the crowd as well to keep them fired up. He, well, I think Punk gives him so much credit as well for their match at Money in the Bank that we mentioned, obviously on our previous review, classic review show. Um, and I think Brian as well gives Cena a lot of credit. I think they all do. And uh, yeah, they do. He is one of the greatest of all time. Whether people want to accept that or not, he is. I know um, um, Rusev or Maro says that he's the best person he has ever wrestled. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bruce has another great, another good example. Yeah, R- good example from obviously WrestleMania. Um, Bray Wyatt as well. Uh, I've seen it kind of won that, um, but it was um, yeah. I think he, he just does deserve so much more credit. And again, he just adapts. Whereas Orton's had a lot of criticism. I know, obviously, not comparing Orton Cena. Whereas Orton can't doesn't adapt. Orton stays very the same that he was still back in two thousand and four. Um, so. I feel like Orton was just, I think he was just a case of he had it down from day one kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like Orton could, is also one of them who people rag on and go, oh, he's boring, but he could work with anyone. I think Orton, like we said, we kind of touched on it earlier with um, Del Rio, but with Orton, when he was up for, when he was up for a feud, when he was up for, uh, when he's up for a feud, we've seen it in recent years, like the feud with Kofi, terrible diabolical Orton wasn't up for it it was boring it, it flopped massively it was it was it was it was rubbish feud of Drew McIntyre amazing it's been absolutely fantastic watch Orton's invested in it it's been it's been just a pleasure to watch uh, Jeff Hardy great feud Orton was involved in it Orton was invested in it fantastic feud to watch um, so it, it really does just vary on individual. I know you, it's a bit of a lazy thing to say and it shouldn't really be you should say arguably wrestlers should be up for everything um, but when he is invested in sight, it is just it is just gold um, with Orton, and I think he was invested in this whole storyline um, with Brian because I thought him and Brian had some tasty matches as well. Following this, because um, obviously following yeah, well, well, we're following obviously the show. What we did see, I remember we mentioned the Shield earlier on on the pre-show, but then we kind of saw them as the new henchmen for the authority, well for Orton and for Triple H. Um, so. Yeah, and we saw a proper, as I say, Triple H heel turn for the first time since 2006, I think it was. Um, we saw, obviously, yeah, Orton turn heel for the first time since 2000, uh, since 2010. Um, so, anyway, we obviously had them aligned with the Shield. Um, and um, then we saw, yeah, obviously, Brian chasing the gold, falling short. We then saw, um, we then saw Big Show, obviously, um, entering the fray. We think some of the story that's luckily not how it ends it does go all the way to Wrestlemania where Brian eventually wins the uh, when, when it wins the jackpot um, with obviously one of the best Wrestlemania moments of all time 
Uh, I know there'll be politics on the way saying, well, well, a punk never left or what have you, or, or, or WWE only did that just because Batista got booed. There's loads of stuff along the way. Fact of the matter is it happened. Punk got his win back, but for the whole, for, for in case of this SummerSlam, it was just a great show in my opinion. Yeah, no, it is 100% a great show. I feel like as well, that is one of the things that we all we all forget is how, um, is how much we all actually got to a point where we hated everything going on in WWE in 2013 to 2014. Yeah. We all got so frustrated. I, I remember this, that it was just... But it, at the same time, it feels like WWE knew what they were doing and they did it on purpose. Definitely. No, absolutely. I think... They, I, 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 they're always with you can't with WWE. Whilst we're we're fans, we always say, "Oh, I'm get so angry when they don't do this." It's kind of almost like your football team, like in a way, like you always like go, "Oh, I think I could do better than that manager and everything." Yeah, they've been around for so long. Vincent Man knows how to run a promotion. It's whether we agree, whether he's outdated that that is probably true. But the fact of the matter is, they've been around for a while. They're never going to go anywhere. They're, they're they're a global phenomenon and then they're not going to go anywhere and it is due to decisions that are made that won't always be popular like it, it's who they do deem as main eventers whilst you only had to look at it last year they clicked the panic button going into WrestleMania where they weren't selling enough tickets this is before obviously the global bastard arrived um, when obviously when they, they were fearing about WrestleMania tickets not being sold what do they do they put the belt on Goldberg and tickets already started selling again uh, since yeah. they put the belt on Goldberg so they know they know what they're doing they know what I know it's, you could argue it's a worry that they, they had to do that decision. At the end of the day, it's a business decision. It puts it put bums on seats. People know, obviously, WrestleMania, when it comes to those major shows, it's going to attract not just diehard wrestling fans like me and you. It's going to attract casual fans as well. Um, but they just know what they're doing, don't they? Exactly, yeah. No, it, it, it feels just like one of them. It just, it, everyone was like, oh, they don't, they don't know, they don't know, they're making... Batista win but it always felt to me like a case of they knew Batista wasn't going to get cheered they knew that this was going to happen because how could you ignore Daniel Bryan and he was the hottest thing in wrestling at the time I feel like they weren't just going to ignore him 100% yeah definitely and it happened in the end in, in, in the end they made a new star Vince Man knew that it had to end that WrestleMania with the S chance yeah and um, in the end it was and it all started here at SummerSlam 2013. Exactly, uh, but no, it was um, it was a great show, and um, yeah, I, and it was the start. Well, I know you could say that it might be the start. Of the estimate was the night after WrestleMania 20, 2012, 28. But yeah, this took it to the next level. Yeah, created it, and um, but overall, there was just so many good matches on this card, and it just made a very good SummerSlam. And I'm happy to we've reviewed it again. Um, if obviously any of our listeners, um, if any of our listeners obviously have got any other classic shows they might want us to um, uh, want us to review, then do get in contact with us. Uh, leave a leave a review, leave us a tweet, leave us anything, any classic shows you might want us to review, then please let us know. Hi, this is Tom Thelwa, and you're watching the Broken But Glories podcast. Lance, I believe you've got some shirts to promote. As always, I have my lovely, lovely Lance Rivera Playboy Pleasure T-shirts available at lancerivera12.bigcartel.com in all sizes, just for you lovely people of uh, Broken But Glorious and my many fans around the world, as I am an international superstar. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, no, you've, uh, we've got all of that. Um, also, as well... Um, a quick bit of promoting as well for me a little bit of uh, housekeeping so um, yeah Chris obviously has interviewed done, done another fantastic interview with Tom Farewell. Um so it was released on Monday so please go and watch that you can know about his his match against Chris Ridge, uh, Ridgeway sorry uh, at Future Shock in Stockport um, it was a really great interview so I really would recommend our listeners to go back and watch that um, or listen to that I should say um, it was a um, no, really good little interview with Tom and we appreciate Tom coming on the show as well it's a, much appreciated as always as to anyone who comes on for an interview we really do appreciate it here at BBG um, uh, we've got lots of exciting other stuff coming up we've got a um, show next week where we're going to be uh, well, where the quiz will return where the great debate will return as well as well as our predictions for Hell in a Cell so Lo lots coming up there as we do head into well into winter months in England well all, all over America as well 
just not loads. Australia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we've got loads of cards. We could say we're slowly on the slow way to WrestleMania. I think we're post Survivor Series. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to get everyone excited because it's obviously been a tough year. So wrestling's obviously trying to trying to get everyone excited for hopefully a better 2021 where we're we're kind of, we're heading back to kind of a, a normal at some stage in 2021. So just trying to get everyone excited. But yeah, next Survivor week. Survivor Series is on the way. Exactly. Christmas Classics. is on the way. That's exactly. the next thing after Survivor Series. Exactly. Got Halloween yet. No, we've got lockdowns, so we can't leave the house. <laughs> yeah, no trick or treating. But exactly. Just trying to get um just trying to get a, obviously everyone excited. But no, we, again, we really do appreciate all the listeners there listening, getting involved in our polls on Twitter. Uh, we do greatly appreciate it. Um, and as I say, um, yeah, please keep supporting us. Keep listening to our shows. Uh, any feedback's always welcomed. And um, it's good night from me. And good night from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.